Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome back. Today, we are bringing you all a season wrap-up episode of Hijack on Apple TV, starring Idris Elba. We are covering episodes four, five, six, and seven. So if you have not watched episodes one through three, go check out our mid-season recap that we posted earlier. In the um, last month, maybe? Or yeah, June? I think, it was, I think it was a few weeks ago. Yeah, maybe yeah. a month ago. And now we are wrapping up the season with our reaction, our discussion of it, of what I initially thought was a one-season miniseries. I did not think that this was going to be a two-season show. Same. I, I, I also thought it was just going to be a single season, though I could see some potential. So, yeah, I mean, with this, with the title series name of Hijack, you would hope that they don't just continue to show Sam Nelson on a plane just <laughs> every, constantly. Every season every is a new plane. plane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, episodes four and five, they didn't lose me, but mm-hmm. I wasn't excited to move forward with the season. You know, I wasn't like yeah. the episode where Lewis is, and we're going to do, this is the way we're going to break down the episode, y'all, today. We're going to start it off with a recap of episodes four through six. Then we're going to do a deeper discussion on episode seven. And then we're going to bring you a new segment after that that we've never done before. And we will be doing a bonus segment at the end discussing the future. But before we do that, before we get into the recap, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of Story Archives. We hope you're enjoying our coverage of all things television. We have covered several shows on this channel from Peaky Blinders and Last of Us to White Lotus to Silo on Apple TV to Foundation Seasons 1 and 2 and now Invasion Season 1 as we get ready for the August 23rd Season 2 premiere, which I am very much excited for. Mm Mm-hmm. And we hope you are too. We hope you're enjoying our coverage. We hope you are subbed to us on all of our podcast platforms, whether that be Spotify, Apple, and even YouTube. We're dropping our podcasts on there as well. Got some content covering coming for you there. And we are planning today, Spotify just announced an integration with Patreon. So we are workshopping some ideas of how to bring you all more value for those who want to support the production of our podcast. As you know by now, as I've said, if you've been with us, we are an independently owned podcast network and we are looking at the future with bright eyes and full hearts right zach absolutely absolutely for anything else i didn't cover check out our show notes for our newsletter and our new website so stay tuned for more and as always email us at contact that soapbox that house with your show suggestions commentary your opinions on what's going on and yeah anything else that's that's good yeah all right let's get into it let's do it Before we get started, as I was saying before, episodes four and five kind of was a lag for me. The episode where Lewis, one of the hijackers' brother, Stuart's mm-hmm. younger brother, uh, gets stabbed, I believe, with uh, a scalpel or some, of some sort. And um, there's a whole episode about whether they're going to land in Hungary. But because we know that the series is a seven-episode series, you're watching that entire episode knowing that something has to go wrong. There's no way in hell they're going to land in Hungary. Which is part of the reason why I was a little bit eh, disinterested. I was like, yeah, there's been a little bit of a lag here. What did you think in terms of the way it picked up? Because I thought episode seven was incredible. Like, episode seven was freaking fantastic. Like, yeah. epi- I, will, I will sing praises for episode seven for as long as I can, uh, well, sing? recall the episode. Yeah, or that. Um, I agree. I think the the... The couple episodes before it were a little slow, right? Like, and I, I was in the same boat watching that episode. I was like, there's no way they're going to land. the. Pl- it's not going to happen. It's just not. Um, however, it would have been really interesting if they did land the plane and somehow take off again. But just in the back of your mind, you know, you know, it's not going to happen. So for that, I, 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 I wasn't too interested in that part of it just because, all right, great. Like this whole, will it land? Will it not land? You know, what's going to happen. That said, 
in those episodes, I still feel like there was there was a lot of interest. There was a lot of things that did occur. I I was still interested in the story overall. We got a few tidbits in that episode. I think that's when we when we found out that that was Stuart's brother as well, right? Yes, yes, we did. Um, I gotta say, from a the last episode and a half, I'd say season six. I, actually, I enjoyed season six pretty much the entire thing, but I would say like the last episode half six. of ep- my bad episode six. The last half of episode six and the full episode seven was incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, I had said, I think earlier in the season, whether it was offline or whether it was in our previous episode, that I thought there were more people on the plane who were just not announced, but that they were actually in on it as well. Mm-hmm. At one point in the season, I thought maybe the ringleader was on on this plane like as a silent, you know, a silent contributor. Yeah. Almost like someone who's signaling like when to... When to kick off the next phase of the plan mm-hmm. like you know if you anybody's ever seen saw i kind of made the uh the comparison you know the whole time you're you're these people are being tortured and then the entire time the ringleader the actual mastermind of the whole diabolical plan is in the bathroom you know, he's literally there and just stands up at the end <laughs> um that's kind of what i thought was going to happen and it kind of turned out to be kind of true because there's two more people one of which we knew something was up with this guy, the one who brought all the guns on the plane. We knew something was up with him from episode one. But the woman was out of nowhere. Yeah, that, that one surprised me too. Amanda. When that happened, I thought, my thought was that she was the one in charge, right? Like, I, I was like, oh, yes, she's the mastermind, yes. okay? She's yeah. like, these guys have just screwed up too much. Yeah. But that was obviously not the case. Yeah, she shoots the main pilot who, by the way, he he hesitated far too long. I, he, he pissed me off the entire series because there were so many times that the hijackers left the cockpit wide open that he could have just ran in there and shut the door. You know, granted, he should have gotten his mistress too, you know, like kind of get a message to Sam and get the mistress in there because that's the reason this whole thing started in the first place. Mm-hmm. But anyways, before we get too much into episode seven... Let's do a recap of four, five, and six. Yeah, I kind of want to do something new here. Like, I think you should put a timer on the on the clock and see if I can recap episodes four, five, and six in under three minutes. In under three minutes. All right. In three minutes. I, I'm going to set a timer on my phone, and I'll just let you know what it is once you're done. All right. Count it down from three. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right, from episode four, we pick up where we hear a gunshot. We find out that the woman who got into an argument with the mother who has two kids has been shot. Now, you don't find out it's her until later, but, you know, spoilers, it's it's her. Stuart, meanwhile, the ringleader of the hijacking crew, tries to get the plane under control while the British Foreign Secretary is being briefed on the hijacking situation. Meanwhile, Lewis, one of the hijackers, has been injured, and we find out that it's not going to go too well for Lewis here as, uh, as the episode progresses. Meanwhile, on the ground, Marsha, Sam's ex-wife, gets a call from the nefarious group that we find out is called the Cheapside Firm. And they pretty much call her to suss out what Sam's address is, which is the worst thing that could have happened to her and her son, Kai. Meanwhile, the doctor on board apparently forgets that these people are hijackers who are threatening their life, mm. has a moment of sympathy for the hijacker, and wrestles with the moral conundrum of whether he should help Lewis recover. But he does end up deciding to do so while the Romanians outside with their fighter jets decide not to shoot down the plane after receiving enough evidence that the plane was indeed heading to London. At the end of the episode, Sam jabs Lewis Pulp Fiction style with a pen, saving Lewis's life and allowing him to breathe through the tube. And the episode ends with the home secretary getting a list of demands from the hijackers. On to episode five. Lewis, after getting the Pulp Fiction Uma Thurman treatment, is kept under observation while the first officer is discovered to be Hungarian, as Sam is able to deduce with his Sherlock Holmes slash uh, Luther skills. He also deduces that Stuart and Lewis are brothers and uses that to his advantage to try to convince Stuart to land the plane in Hungary and to save his brother's life. Meanwhile, Detective Daniel, who is hooking up with Sam's wife, visits Elaine, which is Lewis's mother. But Elaine gets spooked telling a little bit of a story of the firm that's behind all of these hijackings and the fact that almost nobody here on this plane who's hijacking the plane wants to actually do this. It's just that their families are being threatened 
Elaine escapes somehow and wanders and commits suicide by walking onto a busy highway. Home Secretary Neil reads the hijackers' demands out loud, which are demanding the release of Edgar and John, two high-ranking members of the organization called the Cheapside Firm. They run an international drug trade, among other things. They were busted in November of the previous year, and apparently these guys are the real deal. Anyways, meanwhile, Sam goes, I mean, Kai goes to Sam's house at the worst possible time while Kovacs, the first officer who Robin, the main uh, captain of the plane, beat the living hell out of earlier in the season on episode one. <laughs> Lewis takes the pen out of his chest to prevent the landing as the other hijackers are against the landing since it would mean the death of their families, the reason they did this whole damn thing in the first place. While Kai hides after two cleaners arrive at Sam's house. Now I know I'm over three minutes, but let's get into episode six here. It actually just hit three minutes, by yeah. the way. Keep going. Well, let's see, do it under five. In episode six, we open up with Kai hiding from the cleaners. The release of the prisoners has been approved, and the Brits tell them but are threatened that more people will die if they don't stop. We are then introduced to a man named Devlin who leaks, leaks the story of the hijacking to a journalist who he's blackmailing for having been uh, guilty of insider trading, but not caught. Sam tries to get the passengers ready for a violent takeover of passing back an organic pouch of juice, it seems, uh, with the words, get ready to shake things up. Meanwhile, Kai tries to contact emergency services, which cannot understand him because he is whispering in a pantry in his father's house. Edgar requests another death on the plane, which sends Stuart into a um, panic mode. He seems, to, he seems to not be a natural murderer, this guy, Stuart. He kind of just unravels as the series progresses. As his mm -hmm. brother dies, things go bad. Meanwhile, the British leadership debate whether they should let Jansen and Edgar, or well, John and Edgar, get away. And the Home Secretary is in favor while the other woman, who I don't know what her position is, <clears throat> the blonde woman, what's, what is her position? That's Home a, Secretary and somebody else. That's a great question. I'll She's like look. completely against at all times taking action against the terrorists while the other guy's like, we need to not let this plane fly over London. But... Anyways, Stuart loses it after getting the message for a, from another photo from Edgar, and Sam attacks Stuart as they wrestle for the gun. Meanwhile, the ex-criminal in the back and Sam are the only ones on the plane who attempt to take out these hijackers. Nobody else gets up to help while these two guys fight. Another woman also being blackmailed probably gets a text from Jansen. As we do, she actually did get a text from Jansen to commence her plan. She then takes out a pistol, kills the pilot, and goes into the cockpit, cockpit, locking herself in as she prepares to crash the plane. Sam takes control of the situation as it's getting out of control and tells the passengers that they have a much bigger problem now, not dealing with the former hijackers, but dealing with the woman in the cockpit who has now taken control of the plane and who the old hijackers have no idea who she is. There is the recap for episodes four through six. That was good. That was about five minutes and 20 seconds. So just just over your second guesstimate on time here. But you're pretty you're, you're close. Right. Just about 80 percent off. The blonde woman's job title threw me off right around episode uh, six. <laughs> nice. that, that added an extra 20 seconds. It would have been yeah. right at five. Yeah. OK. <laughs> Thoughts as we close up four through six from you, Zach, before we get into episode seven and start discussing that. I. You know, I, I made this comment early on. It may have been on air, off air. I don't recall that the show reminded me a lot of 24. And you know, the one thing that this show does well, regardless of whether or not this plane lands in Hungary or not, is keeps me engaged and, you know, up to date with every hour that's happening in what feels like real time. I don't think it's exactly an hour that we're seeing on airtime every episode, but I, I mean, I liked it. I was engaged. The whole time, I think it built up well to uh, the seventh episode, and uh, they delivered. Like th that's all I'll say. I read a comment online calling Sam Nelson Jack Bauer, who uses words. <laughs> that's great. <clears throat> Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer being the main character from Twenty Four. For those of you out there who may not know the show Twenty Four, <clears throat> the woman really the mystery of who this woman is and the reason she's locked herself in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. I mean, raises the stakes of this entire episode and really brings Sam's negotiating skills, as we find out. We know he's a corporate negotiator, but he has to really bring it home in this episode. This guy has 
pretty much single-handedly saved this plane through his negotiating skills. Yeah, he has. And you know, it's interesting because, you know, I thought this was going to feel much more like a negotiation the entire series. And yeah. it didn't. Like, it was, it was very natural. It flowed very well. I mean, of course, this is a, this is a scripted show, but I mean, he does a damn good job, right? Like, I'm just like, wow, okay, yeah, no, I I get his angle. It makes perfect sense. Everybody Chris, else is gonna hate him for it, but it makes perfect sense right now. Chris Voss has nothing on Sam Nelson. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I'll come tell on. You I'll tell you that right now. Nothing. He has nothing. So Chris Voss couldn't hold a candle. Whole plane goes down in episode five <laughs> as he starts repeating questions back to the. Uh, so what I think you're saying is. <laughs> uh for for these criminals probably yeah, i would imagine yeah. so yeah. it's tight uh, tight timeline <laughs> but oh, oh no why are you repeating my questions back to me mate <laughs> <clears throat> maybe chris has got some tricks up his sleeve that he didn't yeah. write about yeah, yeah all right so this woman amanda we can only i mean you once you see how she goes in there which by the way there was no need to kill the captain uh, yeah, there was. <clears throat> Why? She's going to lock herself in the cockpit. Because the guy on the ground demanded somebody else dead. If it wasn't the captain, it was going to be somebody else, some innocent person. And I think, hate me or, or not, the captain kind of deserved it. Like, out of anybody in that in that plane. Agreed. I mean, I didn't Agreed. like him from the first. The moment he beat up his co-pilot <laughs> and opened the door for his mistress to, to come in. Like, dude, there's like how how many people, hundreds of people on this flight? You should be singing that captain's praises. Without him opening that door, the whole show ends in episode one. Yeah, but hey, whatever. No money. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just saying because she, she, he wasn't getting up, right? He wasn't getting up to go into the cockpit. He was thinking about it way too long. He hesitated yeah. way too long. If he hadn't hesitated, he takes over the cockpit, the plane lands, the end. Yeah, the, I mean, there could have been many situations <clears throat> in which he did. The mistress dies for sure. And get up. Yeah, of course. And, but then again, know, they they can't really kill her, right? Because think about it. If they kill her, well, no, she's going to die regardless. Yeah. She's going to die regardless. Yeah. I mean, look, there's there's many moments in, in not just the whole series, but this episode uh, where he could have grown a pair, got up, ran into the cockpit, shut the door, and, and taken control of the plane again. Um, But it didn't happen. It, it just didn't happen. And... Look, I, I'm I'm not on the pilot side. Sorry, I I just I'm not a fan of him. Not yeah. after pulling that stunt. I, I will say this: as as Sam does get into it late, as he does get into the cockpit later when Amanda lets him in, mm-hmm. the whole time I'm screaming at my television. I'm saying, "You have the other pilot on the plane. Why are you trusting this woman to land this plane?" You well, get me? She, yeah. She, she had already decided. She had already changed her mind that she wasn't going to crash it into London. Okay. You have the other woman there on the plane. Mm-hmm. Go get the actual pilot. I know she was a naval officer, but I'm not going to trust the woman who just shot somebody in the face. And she's emotionally erratic right now. She's having like a spaz attack talking to Alice from air control. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she seemed to have her stuff together. I mean, she, she did take over that plane like a boss, though. I mean, that was just, <laughs> she did. just, just stands up, bang, and she's... uh. She's got control of the whole thing. I think the interesting thing about her is that by profile, like by just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you um, stereotype? Yeah. What's the word, Zach? Stereotype? I mean. No. Is it? You're. you're... No, it's not the word, but I whatever. I don't know the word that you're When you're stereotyping for, someone like of who looks conspicuous, uh-huh. she looks the least conspicuous on the plane. She looks like a soccer grandmother. Like she has yeah. like grandkids and. It's like a grandma, like a young grandma taking over the plane. That's just like the the last person that you would expect to get up with a freaking pistol and, and blow the captain's face off. Yeah, she looked very <laughs> uh, non-alarming as a human being. Yeah. Another thing, when Sam and uh, the blonde ex-criminal in the back, who's very helpful the entire mm-hmm. series, I mean, he's the only one who steps up to fight uh, two times in the series. No one gets up. Like nobody gets up off their seats. the The guy in the back says, "Help me! Grab the gun! Like somebody help!" Yeah. Like I, I don't understand this. Like everyone on this plane is just reserved to die. You know when yeah, the when the push came to shove. You know, 
They they well, don't want. I mean, I I get your point. I get your point. I'm, I'm what choice do you I have? Mean, they, You're they gonna probably scared. die anyways. You're gonna probably die anyways. And that would be the thought running through my mind, right? Like if if you get enough people, like you're gonna have a lot, like everybody jump up. And I think eventually we got a decent amount of people jump up. And you both and, know, and and everyone on the plane knows both captains are still alive. You know, mm-hmm. they're not dead. So yeah. you everyone's just looking at these guys fighting, and no one steps up to help. It's it's incredible. Maybe they're scared for the first five hours, but this is hour seven, dude. You're seeing jets next to you that are going to probably <laughs> shoot you down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's time. But, you know, fight or flight. I guess you don't know until you're in that moment. And Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard It's hard to say what you would do. I mean, I, I would I would want to say, like, no, I'd, I'd be one of the people jumping up and fighting, right? But I hope to never find out. Yeah, um, I know. I, I hope I'm never in that position. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we... Well... The officials that are in the government find out that the terrorists that are behind this hijacking mm-hmm. are shorting the airline. That te- that seems to be the whole motive. It, it wasn't a prisoner release. It was the motive behind the entire hijacking was to short the airline and leak the story to the press so that they could make a ton of money if the plane crashes. This is some James Bond level um, Hydra. What is the name of the... Yeah. Is it uh, no, Hydra's from Marvel. Uh, you can do a Google search on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to put that up. I feel, Spectre? I feel like Spectre? A, Spectre might be. Uh, just verify. Verify. I, I feel like I should know that. Yeah, Spectre. Spectre, right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's what's found out. That guy, Devlin, seems to be the ringleader of this group. And. It's a pretty brilliant plan. I mean, if you know that something catastrophic is going to happen and you can short it in time, so the whole movie of the big short is about pretty much minus the hijacking. It's <laughs> pretty much somebody who knows everything that's going to go wrong and and he makes a ton of money on shorting against the American economy pretty much. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a bunch of key decisions that have to be made by the leadership as to what to do with this plane. I got to say, it's pretty risky business letting a commercial airliner fly over London. Considering how 9-11 played out it's um you know touchy subject it's pretty emotional to watch really i don't know if everyone has that same experience but it's pretty emotional to watch remembering 9-11 and thinking about that and like just seeing the visual of this plane hovering over london Mm -hmm. is kind of a it's a freaky sight you know even for a show it it is It, it brings back some uh some memories and you know i i wasn't quite sure where they were going to go with it for a moment like i i really did think that they were going to shoot the plane down um that would have been a horrible ending it would have it really would have been a horrible ending um you know maybe i don't know maybe they could have like shot the engine and like made it crash land into the ocean or something if they got onto it a little sooner not quite sure but um yeah i i was just thinking like what would what would happen realistically if that were happening like over here like i feel like I feel like it would get shot down. Well, we have well. When it did happen here, there was there was, one of them was shot down. Was it, was one, it of, one of them? Yeah, one, one of them was. I think it was headed to what the Pentagon or the, the White House. I think it was headed either to the Pentagon or to the White House. Yeah, yeah, and it was shot down. Oh. Um, so you know, it is one of those decisions. It was one of those decisions where on the show, I mean, it's easy when you're watching the plane and the passengers like, no, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking about it. It's like, you know, there's 200 lives there, plus whoever they crash into, that's double, who knows how many more it could be. It's, it becomes not a decision you want to make, but a decision you have to make at a certain yep. point. Yep. It's that whole train tracks thing. You want to you kill the, uh, the one person or, or let the train run over 20? Exactly. Pretty much. Now, Detective Daniels, who has become a pretty cool character in the show like throughout him. the entire series. Yeah. He goes to visit Sam's apartment where the cleaners have now gotten hold of Kai. Now, the only thing that saves Kai in this episode is straight up plot armor. <laughs> or p- maybe perhaps the only the other thing that saves him is the fact that Sam is the troublemaker on the plane, right? Mm-hmm. So if they need to use any sort of um, control device, they would have, they would pretty much be able to control Sam because even he admits to Amanda later in the episode that if his son was in danger, he wouldn't open the door. He would crash yeah. the plane. So he's a pretty um, 
interesting character in the sense that he's not like your do right all the time kind of guy. No, he's very human. Now, he may have made the same decision as Amanda, but he seems to be a bit more stubborn too. Because uh, Stewart does say that no matter what you do, whether you crash this plane or not, your daughter's dead. Yeah. You know, which is a horrible scenario. It, it is. And, you know, I don't I don't know that that would be true or not. I, I feel like that was more of like hidden, you know, kind of like bargaining with her, like it, it, getting her to understand, like, even if she does the worst thing, like she's not going to say what she thinks she's saying. Oh, like, no, kind of we, takes we know. Takes away her fire. No, we know it's true because think about the woman from Dubai who l- allowed all this to happen by allowing the guns on the plane. She does her job. She does it. She goes home. Her whole family's That's been true. killed already and That's she true. gets killed. So, you know, it's, these guys are not leaving any, any evidence around. They even go so far as killing one of the prisoners that they released in this, uh, in this episode. And it was definitely part of the plan. Yeah, I thought it was like two joint leaders of this ring that they had released. Mm. Um, is that your understanding in, in this episode? Because that's what it, it kind of felt like. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Obviously, obviously, it seems that Jansen, the one who gets killed, mm-hmm. okay, he is greedy. Because the plan was not to crash the plane. The plan was to end it once it's over London and to let the plane land. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense for that to happen if you're that organization because the heat that's going to be on you if you crash this plane is going to be absurd. Absurd. I mean, it's still going to be absurd, but the amount of heat has got to be even worse if they actually went through and did the damn thing. Um, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I I found it to be something that it was just part of the plan. These, this organization seems to not want to leave loose ends. And to me, the mystery of this organization and how well run they are is the reason I think that there could be a season two. Yeah. Because we still don't know anything about Devlin. We don't know anything about this organization. Well, I mean, it it left off very open-ended. It's one, one crisis down, but it's like, hey, you just let what appears to be the ringleader out of prison. Um, now they just made a whole bunch of money. Like I, I could kind of see that carried out, but I don't, to me, it wouldn't feel like a, uh, Idris Elba focused series, right? Like yeah. That, and that that's a point be... of, that's a point of discussion that we can talk about later too. Yeah. Now the trade that they made, the, who set it up was the guy, the Middle Eastern guy with the, the bearded Middle Eastern guy yeah. that we see who's running late to the plane, which who Sam actually fights for him to get on the plane. Remember earlier on? Yeah, I do. Okay, so this guy gets on the plane. He's the one who set up the trade for this firm. He's the one who put it in. Now, he comes forward and pretty much, it's a group effort here, right? You know, you have the the cowardly guy sitting next to Sam. Mm -hmm. He ends up with Amanda's phone. That's how they find out she has a daughter. Then you got the trader who lets everyone know, like, I'm also part of this plan too. Uh, I'm the one who brought the guns on the plane. So everybody's pretty much working together while Sam's trying to keep the passengers calm because they want to bust this door down, which who can blame them, Yeah. right? So he has to keep everybody calm that they would trust him. And I I do wonder how that would play out in a real life scenario when everyone's thinking about themselves and self-preservation, whether you're going to trust this guy, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, the people on the plane... I don't think they've seen much of a reason to trust him really because every every single time I feel like Sam goes back or goes to some other part of the plane it's it's what it's to help one of the hijackers or it's to point exactly. a gun at one of the passengers exactly right? like this guy seems very self-interested and he I mean he does not feel like a, a friendly if you're just a passenger on the plane not like when it comes down to like at the very end you know mm-hmm but I guess if you could read between the lines, you can see that this guy's pretty much orchestrated the ability to get this plane back in the passenger's control. Yeah. Now, eventually, Sam is able to break, you know, make some headway with Amanda. And she allows him in the cockpit after pretty much realizing that no matter what I do, I'm screwed. My daughter's pretty much dead either way. Yeah. Um, it's at this point that they are able to land the plane. And the whole episode, Sam is talking to Alice, who we meet. Uh, in the air traffic control uh, center, um, who's pretty much guiding Sam and 
trying to help him, which it was a ballsy move for him to trust her because there's a moment in the episode where <clears throat> he's lying to her about who's actually flying the plane because he thinks that he, f- he tells her that a random passenger is flying the plane, that the Royal Air Force is going to shoot the plane down. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was also just that they, they really didn't know who really hopped in there, right? So I, I yeah. feel like, what is it? The the evil you know is better than the the one you don't. Oh, I look in in a real life scenario, <clears throat> that's a horrifying thing. You just got the plane back, and now you got a woman in there who's ripped the cables out from communicating. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole episode, the whole series takes like a a really dark turn when she shoots the captain in the head. And goes into if it feels like a, a completely different series, like a way darker one from the first six episodes, in my opinion. Um, and I know they were pretty dark in the first six too, but <laughs> I'm just saying it felt almost hopeless with her. Even though you felt, you know, even though part of, like the back of my mind, I was thinking they're gonna land this plane, like something's gonna happen. You know, they're going to land this plane. But part of me was like, this is pretty hopeless right now. It this it is, is. Pretty hopeless. and again, like. Look, it's an Apple show too. So would I be surprised if the plane didn't land? Nope. I wouldn't be surprised. And the way she came in, it kind of felt like, you know, the the finisher or the closer coming in, right? Like, all right, guys got it this far, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap things up, rips everything out, takes control, yes, doesn't we, care. We like, didn't I really know. She was really on a mission to to down the plane. I think the moment we we realized that it's about a trade and it wasn't mm-hmm. about something else. That's when my hope the, started picking up a little. Yeah. 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 But Let's get to the sequence of, oh, actually, Detective Daniel saves Kai through a pretty cool sting operation where they pull the fire alarm and Kai is saved. Kai is the luckiest person on the show because these cleaners in every scenario kill mercilessly. Mm -hmm. So he survives for season two. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They land the plane in perhaps one of the most thrilling and emotional sequences I've I've ever seen on TV. Um, Just an absolute... I mean, I had my feet pressed down when I saw all the passengers on the plane putting their their hands behind their head and their head their head between their legs. I was so, oh, dude, I was like sitting so uh, tense on my couch watching that sequence that I felt like putting my head between my legs and just like uh, feeling like those passengers. To be honest with you, yeah, man, I was I was sitting there. I was I was watching it at my desk. I'm just I'm like. I was like holding my seat the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I'm same. Like, I was I was gripping my seat. I was like, no, this is. This is uh, should, so so you well done. Seen my face the whole time I was watching. That. It's like, <laughs> great, like it's so rare that I that I get to watch a show that like has me that invested into it, and I'm just like, oh no, yeah. oh what's yeah. what? Wait, what? What? So they land the plane uh, heroically. She actually goes from hater to to savior. Hero. All right, hater to hero, uh, which I believe. I wonder if they're gonna actually not press charges on her. She literally shot the captain in the head. Um, but maybe that captain, uh, I don't. I really don't know what's up. Maybe she won't face criminal charges. But that was pretty vicious. Um, that was pretty, pretty vicious. It, it it was. But I'm I'm gonna say it again. Out of everybody on that plane that that could have died, he's the one that should have died. Right. I, I agree. That, that's all I'm gonna say. He's the reason that the whole plane was in the situation in the first place. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's. I mean, he she killed someone. Yeah. Um. One of the most infuriating things in the episode was Sam leaving his little bag on the plane. Man, I'm off that plane so fast the moment we're on the on the floor. <laughs> I'll get my belongings later, okay? I'll get them later. I'll go stop at another jewelry store. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. kissing the ground outside if I once I land on that plane. And maybe I'm never flying again, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't think I would fly again after that. I don't How do you get back on a plane after that? I mean, what are the chances that it happens to you twice, right? If it does, I'd be so pissed at myself. I'd I know, like, I'd be. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> I don't deserve. You know, once fool me once. Yeah, you know, fool me twice. <laughs> no, but um, he has a final showdown with Stewart, who's completely lost all his marbles here. He's he wants to kill Sam simply because I don't know. Because Sam wanted to live. Well, you know, give me a break. And what's going on? Yeah, it's not even Sam's fault that his brother died. No, it, it's not. I mean, it's just like I'm sure he he feels like he's lost everything, so he he wants someone else to go down with him. I guess <laughs> somebody's got to pay the price. And he doesn't know he's lost his mother yet. So he's lost his brother and he's lost his mother. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, his father's been killed too because we find out that Terry, one of the other hijackers, actually was the one who killed his father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's the end of the show. We don't get a resolution with Sam and his family. We don't get a follow-up of what happens to this organization. We get a lot of unanswered questions, which leads me to believe that we're heading almost certainly to season two because this is the only Apple TV show. Besides, Actually, no, there's three Apple TV shows or maybe four mm-hmm. that have been absolute hits. Ted Lasso. Great. Severance. Great. Silo. Phenomenal. And Hijack. Mm-hmm. Those are the only, I think those are the only four that have been, maybe not the only four that have been number one, but Hijack has supplanted Ted Lasso for several weeks. And that is the crown jewel of yeah. the Apple TV lineup at the moment. Yeah, I've been surprised that it stayed up there that long, but man, it is, a, it's a great show. Like, so Talk about many, hijack so many or... hijack, hijack. Okay. I mean, Ted Lasso was great too, but yeah, it, it is, I, it is. I know more people that are watching Hijack than, than watch Ted Lasso. So. I, I, yeah, I think, I think it, it just appeals to 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 more people, you know, more generations and things like that. In my in my opinion, you think so? I you know I, I think, think Ted so. Lasso is pretty universal, but um, at the same time, it's a genre that I it took me some time to get into Ted. I thought Ted Lasso was going to be just an all up wacky comedy, same. and then it ends up turning into a bit of a drama. While Hijack is your classic thriller mystery, which is always going to be every you know. I mean, yeah. at least for me. It's one of my favorites to watch, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not like a, it's not a super rewatch. Well, I don't want to say that, you know, maybe I could find myself in a year from now watching this over, just like watching a really long movie, right? Um, But it, it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it'll stay up there too, too long just because this is, it's a shorter series. Yeah. And I think for most people, this will be a one and done. I think the most rewatchable episodes of this of this season, like the only ones that I would ever come back to and rewatch would be episodes one and episode seven. Yeah. Uh, the end of episode one, when he goes, I want to help you, and the music starts playing, is an incredible moment. And then, obviously, episode seven is just, you know, put it up there with some of the great TV show episodes of all time. The first one that popped to mind was The Suitcase from Mad Men. Mm. Um, or sh- uh, sh- shut the door, sit down, or sit down and shut the door. I think that's another episode. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, great TV episodes that popped to mind. That I don't know the titles of for all of them, but episode seven is definitely it's on that list potentially. It's on all the, right. It's on the list for me. I, I loved it. Let's get into a new segment, Zach. We've never done this segment before. Ooh. Okay. This is a brand new story archive segment that we are bringing out, whipping it out for our Hijack Season 1 series wrap-up or season wrap-up. All right. It's called What We Loved and What We Hated. And hate is a strong word, but you know. Yeah. It's nice for the titles. All right. This is simple. We talk about all the things we loved. We talk about what we hated. Now, my loved list is shorter than my hated list. I will say that. Yes. Yes. But I'll start off with what I loved. Idris Elba as Sam Nelson. That's a, that is a good one. His performance in this episode specifically, when he's crouched next to the door and he's mm-hmm. pleading with Amanda, saying, I don't want to tell you this, but no matter what you do, your daughter's dead. Mm-hmm. And if I was you and I had a kid who was in, in trouble, I wouldn't open this door. Something like that. When he's yeah. pleading with her outside that door, it is some of the best acting. And you just, that's why he's A-lister, man. That is just, he brings it, the emotions he's able to convey. I mean, he owns his space. He really elevates the entire show to a place where, you know, you want to see season two. You want to see how Sam Nelson could fit into a season two scenario here. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What's first on your list of what you loved? Oh, First on my list, um, I think Sam Nelson is a great option. The thing that I really just loved about the show in general is how engaging it was. I was I was a little skeptical about a seven hour show about a seven hour flight, and 
I I was I was there was something that hooked me in every episode and I got to the end of the episode and I was like wow an hour passed already and then for another moment I was like oh shit another hour actually passed mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in real life like if if I was on that plane like all of this just went down in an hour like I'm th- that time just flew by and it was crazy yeah like if this was like a 2010 Fox show it would have been 22 episodes for, for seven hours on this plane. Yeah. Um, all right. Second thing I loved. The contingency plans. I liked how these these hijackers had a, a plan after a plan after a plan. I liked the mm-hmm. fact that this was not just the people on the plane that had, that, uh, had decided to do this. I liked that there was an organization behind it, um, that they're mysterious, that this guy Devlin seems to be like a, almost like this all-knowing criminal mastermind who's mm-hmm. able to find people, find out their weaknesses, and then blackmail them to carry out his organization's uh, desires, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good one. My my next one, I'll, I'll switch to a character on this one. You've already claimed Sam. I, I, liked, uh, I liked Inspector Daniel. D- Detective I, Daniel, okay. Yeah, D- D- Detective Daniel, sorry. I, he he kind of reminded me a bit of James Bond with some of his little investigative uh things that he did he he was really quick sharp on the point and did a great job at saving kai well it's interesting right because him and sam seem to be very similar i mean they're interested in the same woman you know perhaps they're similar in terms of personality and in the way that they act sam is taking care of business in the air detective daniel's taking care of business on the ground one could argue that Nobody gets saved without both of these guys involved. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing that that's a that's a relationship or a dynamic that would be interesting to explore in season two because Daniel's just saved Kai, right? Yeah. What's gonna happen when Sam gets home? Do you think Marsha's like this guy just saved my son? Like, ain't no way I'm going back with my ex-husband, you know, or does Sam come in and she has a realization? Oh, I was really worried. Cause she doesn't seem to be like she wasn't in sh- she wasn't in shambles. I'm not trying to judge her no. too harshly here, but she didn't seem heavily concerned that this man was on this hijacked plane. No. Which makes me wonder what the hell he did to her. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, I have no idea why they are not together. I don't know what he did or didn't do, or what she did or didn't do. Um, but yeah, she didn't seem to really care much. I would assume a fair. I would just assume a fair here. Same. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's where my head went. But I, I, I won't know for sure. Anything else on your love list? Because mine is over. On my love list, I loved the mystery and the fact that I didn't know truly what the game plan was until the very end, right? Mm. Like, we, I think we got to a point in episode six where we, we got a bit more and we're like, okay, this is kind of what's going on. And then we, we still, in episode seven, get new information and we get, we get another twist, another curveball. And I liked it. I liked that I I didn't just know from the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this is some criminal organization. You know, they're they're just, it's a, they're, they're trying to get people out of prison. Like, I'm glad that that waited till the end. Yeah, yeah. All right, to the what I hated list. This is more fun than it is actual actual critique on the show. Yeah. The sympathy for the hijackers from the passengers was a bit much for me. It was just. <laughs> There was a moment where the where the priest or the pastor yeah. s- stands up for one of the hijackers and he says, Hey, this is his first time doing this too. Like Oh, I'm oh, I'm so I excuse me, man. Excuse me <laughs> that I want to go home. I am sorry, Mr. Hijacker, sir, that this is your first day. How's how's your first day at work going? Huh? Like, <laughs> give me a break. Oh man. Give me yeah. a break. The doctor getting up to go save that. A little jam that pen somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I'm with. I'm with you. I wanted. I wanted to see some more uh, group hate in here. <laughs> group hate the, the hijackers. Yeah, just like rally behind. Even at the end when they're fighting against these people, it's like two guys. Mm-hmm. There's 200 people on this plane, man. Yeah. 200 people, mind you. We get this this one white guy who's sitting there who I thought was military. Uh, they show him pretty often. Uh, I thought that guy was going to stand up at one point in the series and do something. He didn't stand up 
and do a single thing in this entire series. The one with the uh, the tattoos and everything, or are you talking about someone else? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not the one who actually stood up and fought and tried to shoot Sam in the leg. I'm talking about the guy who leans over the seat to calm down the, the, the girls. Mm-hmm. That guy. I thought he was going to stand up and eventually do something on this damn plane. He didn't do anything. The entire series. Well, and they I, kept I, showing close-ups of him. And I was like, why do they keep showing this guy? Is he going to do something? Is he part of the hijacker's plan? What is he for? Yeah. And I, I think that's part of what, what's interesting, right? Like, you never know what to expect out of these people. Like, some of the people you wouldn't expect to be brave kind of stood up and, and helped out. Some of the people that you thought would just kind of sat there silently. Like, you don't know people until, until you see what's inside. Um, All right. Next the thing, up. The thing I hated the most about the show, I've already mentioned. It's the pilot. The pilot. Okay. His name yeah. was Robin, right? Uh, his name, I will tell you right now. Yeah, it was Robin Allen played by Ben Miles. Yeah. Did a great job, by the way. He did. And, you know, he's he's been in a couple things. One of them was The Crown. He played Peter Townsend in that, which was, uh, which was interesting. I knew he looked familiar. He's pretty, yeah, he's a pretty familiar face. Yeah. Next for me. No resolution on Sam's personal life, which I don't think is necessarily something to hate. I think it's just something I would be interested in seeing in season two. Mm. Okay. Um, the, the next thing that I, I hated about the show was another character. And it was <laughs> it was the mother of those like two kids. Really? I love yeah. that lady. I love she that lady. She was driving me nuts. She was just too, she was making me anxious. I'm, she's like too frantic about everything. Panicking. Well, she was frantic in the beginning and then she really calmed down. Nah, nah. She, uh, she, she, she had like a calmer couple of episodes, I think, towards the middle. But the beginning of the episode, she was, she was freaking out, losing it. Which, look, it's understandable. I get it. I'd, I'd probably be freaking out a little bit too if, if I was on a plane and I got hijacked. But it was just getting I, on my nerves. It was too much. <laughs> on the contrary, I liked her because I thought that she was really holding it together for her kids, and I was like. And she, she was thinking the way I was thinking when her husband was going to get up to help the hijacker. She was like, what are you doing? You got two kids. What are you doing? You, you see, I, dis- I kind of disagree with that part. I mean, I, I, I get the, the side of like, like, you have two kids. You don't know what's going to happen. But I'd be thinking like, he's trying to get a do favor. I want it? Not even that. I, I, I was asking myself the question, do I want to deal with hijackers on this plane? Or, or do wife. I want to deal with hijackers <laughs> on this plane where one of them just died, right? Like, not knowing that one was this guy's brother or anything, but, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like when, when you're wounded. Like, you're going to act out in different ways. Like, you might just make a, even more of a beast out of these people than they already are. That's a great point. That is a great point. That's a really good point, Zach. Thanks. All right. Next one. No more details on this nefarious organization. We just end it. That's it. Feels like we could dive more into this world of finding out who Devlin is and just exactly how he has created an organization that seems to exist freely in this world. Okay. Okay. Um, I am going to say, I don't remember the two guys that were released from, from prison. Okay. But in the last episode, when... The the lady that's in the cockpit waiting for the message to say like, "Hey, we're great. Like, don't crash the plane." Um, we we know one guy was greedy, and the other one was like, "Tell him to call it off, right? Call it like it's done. We got enough. We're good. We're good. We're good." Yeah. But then he proceeds to like like it. It almost seemed like he wanted this to be over, right? And then he then he, then he the goes phone. and he shoots the guy in the head. And yeah. doesn't pick up the phone and tell them it's off. I'm like, yes. what? The, yeah. why'd, you, why'd you shoot the guy in the head if you were just going to let it happen anyways? Like, what is the point? Unless you were just yeah. cutting somebody out you didn't want to want to pay. But that that bugged me. I was like, really? I agree. I mean, I thought the plan was always to kill this guy. However, it did baffle me as to why he didn't send the message to say, hey, mm-hmm. land the plane. So mm, at that point... When you see the phone on the floor, I'm thinking to myself, is this a plot hole? What's going on? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next up. I just plainly put episodes four and five. Oh, <laughs> episodes four and five almost. They did lose me. I stopped. I had to pick up where I left off on episode uh, six because episode four and five just kind of was a, definitely the slowest part of the season was four and five. Mm. 
Okay. This is the whole storyline with Lewis and whether they're going to land in Hungary. That was the only, it just felt like filler to me. I wasn't, I wasn't as, and I've said this already, I wasn't that interested in those specific episodes either. Um, I think I, I may have gotten lucky with the timing of when I watched the show. I caught the last four episodes, or I guess it was episodes four, five, and six, like after six had come out. So I got to watch all of them back to back. So like there was something to keep me going. Oh, see, I was I was watching it with gaps, like week to week. I, I didn't watch it with gaps. I, the only gap I had was between episode seven and man, I was... I was waiting for episode seven, the way episode six ended, but, um, you know, kind of going back to, to the thing I didn't like, and I, I'm trying to, to really think of, of one at this point, cause I love the show. I, and this might make me sound like a bad guy, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the boat, kill the one guy on the train tracks instead of the 20. The indecisiveness of everybody. No leadership. Yeah, in leadership. Like, if I were their boss, I'd be like, "You're all fired." Like this, this, like this took forever to get I pers- anywhere. I personally don't think in real life that that the government allows that plane to fly over London. Personally. Me neither. That that and that's that's my feeling, and that's kind of really what I expected. And I was, I feel weird saying that I was I, I was disappointed that it didn't shoot down <laughs> a plane full of people, but I mean. You get my point, right? Like, I, I was not expecting that plane to get that far. I, and they were I just think, like, like, oh, what do we do? What do we not? Like, guys, it's over the city. Like, what are you going to do now? You're going to shoot it down and she's going to crash into another building? I think the that part of the show, part of it as a device is very effective in putting the audience in the position of what would I do in this situation mm-hmm. as the leader, you know? And you do got to ask yourself, it's like, what is the decision to make? And it's it's definitely not letting that plane fly over the city. That's for sure. One hundred percent. Not when you have a massive ocean that you could have downed it in and potentially yeah. had it mm. crash no, land. Maybe I don't. I don't think you're saving anybody, bro. Now you can't shoot it down and expect to save anybody. Well, I mean, it um, wouldn't. It wouldn't be the the intent to save everybody. But it, hey, at least they have a chance of survival. In my mind, if you're shot down over the, the ocean, ocean, if you're shot down over the ocean. Where you can you can scramble boats out there, whatever. There's be, a chance be better yeah, over than the, over the on city, ground. Over the city, there's nothing, of course. But like yeah. you're gonna, I would imagine yeah. you're gonna have rafts and all of that stuff that inflate to try and keep it afloat. I don't think it's just gonna sink. I mean, I've never been in a plane while it's been blown out of the sky and landing in the ocean, but I would imagine there'd be something floating in there. All right, back Knocking to you. Knocking on wood. Um, <laughs> next on my list, I put the cowards in the plane who didn't help Sam and the ex-criminal in the back of the plane. Mm there's only one moment to take over this plane. These guys don't know that these guns have blanks. Yeah. You got to make your move. You have to. Next on my list. Do you have another one? I've, got, I've only got one more. I've I got, got one, one more, more as well. And then you can, okay, well, so I'll go and then you'll go. Um, the other thing that I didn't like was at the very end of the last episode where Sam walks back into the plane. And yes. It's like you, you just knew yes. something like, like yeah. come on. I didn't like it. It felt too expected. Like final boss fight in a video game. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it felt like. It's a great way to put it. My last one is not bringing in the co-pilot, Kovacs, to land the plane instead of the effing hijacker. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know this woman. I don't know. She's never even, she's not mentioned her credentials. On the, no, uh, not on the flight, no. Okay. So how about we bring back the pilot into the damn cockpit and not this woman who is erratic. She just took a life. She's not a murderer. She's not in her right mind. Let's go get someone else in here. But perhaps that woman was the perfect one because her adrenaline must have been at a thousand, I don't know, a thousand percent or something. Yeah. All right. I mean, I mean, I, I think as a, uh, a person, she, she was probably the great, great person for the, uh, for the job there landing that plane, maybe she has more experience than the co-pilot. Not quite sure. Yeah. Uh, but as a passenger, I wouldn't know that. And I, I agree with you. I, I would be like, yeah, can we bring the pilot in, please? Yeah. Not the yeah. one that you shot in the head, but the other one? Wild idea. Just a wild idea. Yeah. Right? And that concludes our what we loved and what we hated of Hijack. Much more loved than hated. The hated was just more of a commentary of things that 
WTF. Yeah. On to our next bonus segment here on this episode. All right. I want to talk about how Hijack could work in a second season. Because initially, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, and as many people believe, I think uh, Idris himself, I have a, a quote from here here about him here about season two. I think most people believe that this was a se- like a one season miniseries. But as episode seven concludes, my mind started opening up to, okay, if I'm the writers, if I'm the showrunner, what could be the central like tenets of the plot? Mm. That could make season two interesting. It's not going to be another hijacked plane. The show title may remain the same, but it's not going to be that same thing. So I wrote down some some notes here. I wrote down some bullet points of the plot points I think could carry a season two. I want to get your thoughts on them. Okay. Let's start with the first one. I think the whole of season two revolves around this cheap side firm. Going after the cheap side firm, finding out more about Devlin, finding out about just how deep this spider web goes. Yeah. And pretty much the entire season, maybe we have some new central characters, some investigators, maybe Detective Daniels is the lead. Maybe it's a bit of Sam, maybe it's a bit of uh, Daniels. I think they have to. They would have to find out what is Sam's role in this. He's a corporate negotiator. However, he's already probably known by this organization because of this situation. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to get Idris back on the show. So you got to find a way to get him in there. Maybe he comes in as a Jack Ryan type of more analytical uh figure yeah okay i would i would agree with that like if if there is a season two i i think those would probably be that would probably be the focus idris elba you know i'm i'm a little on the fence about it if he would be a central character in season two like there there are parts of this season where i feel like there's something more than what we're seeing yeah, yes. like I, I kind of like expect him to break out and and do some, some crazy uh fighting scenes here or something, right? Like he he really does feel like a James Bond in this as yes. well. Um, it does feel like a James Bond tryout, but at the same time, he says he doesn't want to play Bond though. Well, I mean that's 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 his uh, choice. At the same time, I, I feel like what we saw is what he is though. Like I like him being a corporate negotiator is just that's. That's his job. He was put in a high stress situation here that this was the only thing that he could do. And I just, I don't see how they could carry his character into a season two. I, I guess that would be the area where I would probably draw the line. I'd zag there. I think personally that it would be more interesting to see him on the ground, to see his negotiation skills. And I could see a scenario where the intelligence agency or somebody from that group says, Sam, we need you. You know, we need you. Would you were able to save a plane of 200 plus passengers? from two separate hijacking crews. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they see his skills and they want to recruit him and bring him into the agency. Maybe Daniels is the one who brings him in saying, I hate this bastard. He's, he was with my wife before, but he's the man for the job. You know what I mean? Something like that. I could see that. Now, speaking of Daniels and Sam and Marsha. Okay. The little love triangle between them uh, would be an interesting plot point for season two. That's for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. If, if, if he's still in it. Yes. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on Kai? Uh, wasn't Kai preparing for something earlier in the season? Wasn't he? Because um, he was training. He's like on the Peloton. And I could have swore there was a, a mention of something he was training for, but I don't remember what it was. It wasn't I, prominent enough for me to remember either. Um, yeah. <laughs> all, all I can remember when I think back was he was just, he was working out. It's a typical day. Yeah. Running, whatever. Maybe he's got like a track meet or something. Yeah. And if season two were to pick up, my final two points kind of go together. I think it we pick up immediately, almost immediately after the events of this hijacking and f- trying to find out the whereabouts of the remaining prisoner, John, mm-hmm. and the mystery of Devlin. Devlin becomes the main villain of the story at that point, or perhaps maybe it's the, the escaped prisoner. Yeah, I think uh, I, I would agree we would pick up right where we left off. If it's anything like this, this whole season was, yeah. I think it would continue on telling that story mostly in real time to switch it up at this point. I feel like it would just be too weird. Yeah. Agreed. And let me end this part with, I want uh, a quote directly from Idris Elba okay. about season two and his potential interest in it. 
He put what would be the accept what would be the accept- acceptable scenario that he comes back. He being Sam Nelson, because we've thought about this, and obviously Apple have gone well. We really love the show, and I think you know Rotten Tomatoes is at ninety two percent at the moment, wow. which is a good sign. But it's kind of like he's not a cop. What would be the acceptable Sam Nelson return? And if I'm honest, I'm not sure. I'd like that, but I just don't want to put him on another hijack. I'm open to the character coming back. I think if people were compelled to like the character that I'm in, I think there's no doubt everyone loves the character. It's just a matter of fitting him in and writers have done more creative things in the past. I think there's definitely a role for him here as a negotiator. How far that extends, I don't know. They could do they could do a, uh, something unique and have Daniels come in as like the main protagonist in season two mm-hmm. or maybe someone else entirely who we haven't met like uh, Zara. Uh, we had, well, Actually, we did meet her, but the woman who starts the whole thing and leaks, um, pretty much gets the military, not the military, the government's attention on the hijacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's an interesting quote. So, I mean, it sounds like they're, they're definitely struggling oh, to figure de- out they're definitely what, doing it. what it is. I mean, like, if you were going to ask me, I would, I would put my money on, no, there won't be another season. It's going to be a short miniseries. It was seven episodes instead of 10 episodes, like the typical seasons that they, that they put on. And regardless of, of your opinions on, on how it ended and some of the open things and some of the resolution that you wish you had, I feel like they ended it well. Like, they, they did a gr- I love shows that end a season or, or end the show a way that is you get enough resolution. Like, you, you see enough of, like, the, okay, great. We got past this massive hurdle. We're in a good place now. But it leaves just enough open to, to mystery and to question. And I think that element of it is what sparks such great conversation around the show and many other shows that, that do the same thing. It leaves just enough on the table for us to speculate what could happen. What 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 do you think happened? I don't like what's going to happen in the next season. I, I like that. But I would say it's just going to be a one season thing. I don't agree with you. And uh, One of the reasons I don't agree with you is, I mean, I agree in the sense of the comment you made about what you like in a season finale. And I think that this show did a good enough job to either leave it as is, but they left it so open for a season two. Not like a clear one, like the plane's about to land and the camera cuts. Like it didn't do that, you know? Um, But if you watch another miniseries like on Apple TV or any other miniseries, like Serpent of Essex with Tom Hiddleston is the one Mm -hmm. I'll use. Fantastic miniseries. But there's a full resolution in the final mm. episode. There is nothing left to tie together. You know what his life's going to look like. You get a pretty clear sense. By the way, it's one of my favorites on Apple okay. TV. Uh, I feel like I say that about everything on Apple I TV. I know. It's, almost, <laughs> it's, like, it's like these people listening are just like, wait, what the hell are you talking about? You, everything's top notch. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of true. I have a lot of favorites on Apple TV. The thing is, yeah. all they're producing for the most part has been super high quality yeah, um, it's been, it's programming. But, Okay. I think there will be a season two. I think we can do a wager on it. Um, I think I'm comfortable placing that wager in favor of season two. I'm willing to risk a bottle of whiskey on that. Okay. Or a pack of high the- pack of high noons. I'll uh I'll 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 put one up for you. Right. Like it'll it'll be a while and until we get to that point and find out anyways. But I'll yeah. I'll put up a wager on that if, if you wanna if you wanna write that down somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, the the one thought that I did have while you were talking about, well, if there were, you know, more than one season, what would it look like? I kind of it would be interesting if we kind of got some treatment like uh like the book series that was written for Silo where each each book like it has a different name, mm. right? Like you've got Woolship Dust, like what if this is like hijack something and then something else, right? And that's yeah. that's how we kind of close it out. Um might I think it, eliminate the elements of like it has to be on a plane, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't only. I mean, hijack can be a reference to a lot of things, though. So it's it not. I don't think they they change the show title just simply because the branding and the and the recognition of it's the name. Got a now, lot of recognition, yeah. You know, just wouldn't make sense. Just like Silo. That's the reason Silo they probably didn't do that. Silo, yeah. Exactly. All right. I think that's about it, Zach. Uh, I think our bonus segments were, were nice. We're a nice addition to the show. Right? I liked it. It was challenging. I, ha- I had to think about it for a minute. I'm like, yeah. what did I hate about yeah. the show? <laughs> Other than the pilot. Like I said, hate is a strong <laughs> word, but it'll work on a YouTube thumbnail. Yeah. Anyways, thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you enjoyed Hijack more. But if you enjoy our podcast commentary on it, leave us a nice review, a nice rating. Helps us get discovered in this world as 
pretty much been um, relatively new to the space, but we're independently producing these con- this content for you guys. And uh, if you got any suggestions, if you have any final opinions on Hijack or any of the other shows that we're covering, make sure to email us at contact.soapbox.house. And if you want to join our newsletter, you can find a link in the description. We're planning some stuff there and plenty more. So thank you for joining us on this journey. And Zach, I'll throw the outro to you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Hijack by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. Uh, we have a bunch of different playlists over there for the different shows we've been covering, like Hijack, Silo, Foundation, and a few others. Mario mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Give us at a website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. And there are a couple of links in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter. And to fill out a survey that we have out right now while we continue to build this network. Perfect. Thank you all for tuning in. We will see you Thursday night for Instant Reaction of Foundation Season 2, Episode 5? Are we on 5? I think we're on 5 already. No way. It's got to be 4, not 5. Anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Peace. I believe there's a day and a place we will go to and I know you want to share There's no secret to live in Just keep on